Tragic times such as these bring out the best in America's character, strength, charity, and resilience are those characters. What does that even mean? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. Hey, I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 SM, our flagship station here in L.A. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM KSO in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 WLRI. In Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1. In Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM. In Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR. In New Orleans on 102.3 WHIV. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF. We are also heard streaming coast to coast and around the globe. Every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Deprogrammed Radio, Detour Talk, and Radio Sputnik. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. For what, uh, who knows what kind of action-packed, thrilling adventure we will now be uh, bringing you today. Things are changing very quickly once again. Because, you know, it's Trump o'clock now every day. 24-7, 365, apparently. Just getting word as we go to air. Literally minutes ago, um, breaking from AP, that the South Korean news agency says... North Korea has filed an uh, has fired an unidentified missile. Uh, the uh, prime minister of Japan apparently has uh, warned uh, the uh, Japanese people to take precautions, whatever that means. Desi Doyen, our producer, I know you uh, first thing you did was uh, check in with what Steve Herman had to say uh, from uh, VOA News. He spent many years over there as their uh, bureau chief in uh, in East Asia, what is he uh, saying on the Twitters at this moment? Yes, so Steve Herman, our friend over at the Voice of America, he says that there first was a, what's called a J alert. That's a Japan alert. It's a nationwide alert system that Japan employs, and they were warning J- Japanese residents to be prepared for a potential missile strike. And then soon right after that, um, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe came out and uh, had a brief comment that it was in Japanese, so I really couldn't tell you what he said. But but Steve Herman said it was uh, he was clearly agitated. And now the Republic of Korea, that's South Korea, has uh, confirmed that a North Korean missile flew over Japan. Um, We don't have any more details than that, but the missile apparently flew over Japan. And this is, as I believe you said when this news came out, that this ballistic missile test that they've done is is extremely provocative. Yeah, we don't know if it's a ballistic. We're not exactly sure what type of missile it is. It is extremely provocative flying if, in fact, it flew over Japan. 
we will keep our eyes on that um, and what comes of that at this uh, at this hour. Meanwhile, uh, let's try to get back to where we we thought we were going uh, today on today's program. Um, you got more for uh, yeah, us? Yeah, actually, just one more thing just came in. It looks like, uh, according to the Japanese government, three missiles were fired. So that's what we have so far. Okie dokie, then. Wow. Meanwhile. <laughs> In other news. Yeah. Uh, in <laughs> other, uh, frankly, uh, catastrophic news. What's yes. going on down in uh, Texas at this hour? What continues to go on? What we warned you, frankly, uh, on our Friday show would continue to be going on for days. Uh, continues to go on today. I, um, Alice Olstein had tweeted on Friday night. This was just after we got off air on Friday night. Uh, she said, Friday night, so far, DACA, that's uh, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, the uh, the Dreamers, uh, is on the chopping block, she said. Trans people banned from the military. Arpaio pardoned. Sebastian Gorka fired out at the White House. Oh, and raging deadly hurricane is bearing down on Texas. That was just minutes after we got off air, and I reference. Alice Olstein of TPM, I reference her tweet here because uh, I am fairly certain that my tweets on Friday night at the Brad blog, as all of this was breaking, are far too profane to share on FCC <laughs> radio. Yes. Uh, incredibly, as millions of Americans were facing, were imperiled by this record storm, Donald Trump unleashed one politically charged and again, that is putting it nicely. Uh, wildly unpopular is another nice way to put it. One politically charged policy after another on Friday night as a Category 4 hurricane was barreling ashore. And as he knew that mainstream broadcast media was going to be buried uh, necessarily with coverage of that storm. But, I, I, you know, if he was hoping to hide some of those uh, things on a, a late Friday, well, we will do our best on this show not to let that happen if we can. Um, as luck would have it, we already had covered the outrageousness of Trump's announced military transgender ban on Friday in our in our show uh, in which we spoke with uh, Sue Fulton, former uh former army captain, one of the uh, former military members who had worked so diligently with the previous administration, with the Obama administration, to lift the uh, previous ban that had existed on transgender people serving in the military. And just as we ended that interview on Friday, that's when the word came in that Donald Trump had indeed signed the new policy guidance late on Friday for the military on this transgender ban to restore it, even as Hurricane Harvey was threatening what the uh, National Weather Service scientists had predicted was likely to be a, a storm that would make certain portions of southeastern Texas, uh, quote, uninhabitable for weeks and possibly months. Well, they nailed it. Yes. It seems to me. Not since uh, Hurricane Katrina in 2005 had the uh, National Hurricane Center used that kind of dire language in a warning, and it looks like they were right on the money for that storm, uh, as we also warned on Friday, uh, that would continue to devastate South Texas for days until at least the middle of this week, at least, with record rainfall totals. Um, Houston Police Chief Art 
Acevedo uh, says authorities have now rescued some 2,000 people from, uh, from flooding in the city. Acevedo said that the city had uh, 185 critical rescues still pending as of Monday morning, saying the goal is to rescue the people by the end of the day. Those comments came from a uh, news conference where officials provided updates on Harvey, which is still pouring rain on the Houston area. Harvey came ashore late Friday, uh, as as mentioned, uh, northeast of Corpus Christi, Texas. It was a Category 4 hurricane at the time. It's now been downgraded to a tropical storm. Uh, but the uh, slow-moving storm as it hangs over uh, Houston has is causing catastrophic flooding in Texas. Tropical Storm Harvey uh, is now spinning out uh, about 25 miles east of Port Connor, Tex- O'Connor, as we go to air. It's forecast to move back into the Gulf of Mexico today. According to the National Hurricane Center, it will then meander over the Gulf, apparently, for a couple of days before making a second landfall near the Texas-Louisiana border, likely on Wednesday, which, Des, I should uh, give you credit, you also noted way back last week, which seems like forever ago, (laughs) uh, on our uh, Green News report, I believe on Thursday, that this could uh, come back in twice when the media weren't even paying attention to the storm that kind of popped up out of nowhere in a very short period of time. Yes, it it blew up out of nowhere pretty much in about 48 hours, went from a tropical depression, which isn't even yet the level of a tropical storm. So from a tropical depression to a Category 3 hurricane in about... 48 hours, which was way, way, way too rapid for people to respond to, for officials to be able to mobilize. They've done, I think, a remarkable job so far, but look at what they're working with. This was an extremely difficult storm season to storm system to grapple with. And the reason that it blew up so fast was because of the extra warm Gulf Ocean temperatures, yep. providing a great deal of energy and a lot of moisture for Harvey to suck up and dump everywhere. And them's just Facts, And I'm going to do my best here to sort of avoid uh, politics uh, in talking about this because, uh, you know, we are right in the middle of a of a catastrophe uh, and this is going to continue for several days. And I know there's been a lot of uh, hand wringing and fighting between uh, various uh, partisan elements here about whether there should have been evacuations, whether there shouldn't have been, uh, in fact, uh, you know, as as you mentioned, Desi, this storm came up out of nowhere so quickly. And back in 2005, Hurricane Rita, I believe it was, uh, more people were killed trying to evacuate Houston because they just simply haven't kept up the, the number of roads needed to uh, meet the boom in growth in population in that city. So more people were killed trying to get out of the storm and frankly had you know those roads become impassable while millions of Houstonians were trying to escape the devastation would have been ho- oh, yeah. even Let, more so, horrific so than it is. Let's just remind people what happened back in 2005. Katrina had just hit and just devastated New Orleans. Rita came just a few weeks after that. So people were obviously scared and concerned about the intensity of it. So there was a mass evacuation attempted. Mm-hmm. And it took, for example, my sister who lives in Houston, a 30-minute drive north 
took her nine hours with a toddler mm. in the car. Many people were trapped on those highways. What's un not understood generally about Houston is that it is a front flood prone area and the streets and the freeways are often used as flood channels. They are now, yeah, they're now flood control in exactly. that town. And so when you look at the pictures of the evacuations from Rita with wall-to-wall -wall cars, from as one lane, as, as far as the eye yeah. can see, stopped cold. If they had been in place on those freeways yep. when the storm hit, then those freeways would have turned into mass graves. As the uh, hurricane, and we'll talk more about that in a second, and about the flood control in Houston, or lack thereof, uh, as uh, Harvey spins offshore, the storm is still expected to dump an additional 15 to 25 inches of rain. Through Friday over the upper Texas coast and into southwestern Louisiana. And that's something that we have talked about, uh, that we talked about last week, the threat that exists to New Orleans itself. Yes. Um, and this is all going to exacerbate the life-threatening, catastrophic flooding in the Houston area, The uh, according to the Hurricane Center today. Isolated storm uh, totals, they say, may reach now 50 inches over the upper Texas coast, including the uh, Houston-Galveston metropolitan areas, 50 inches. Now, to put that into some perspective, because it's hard to understand even that type of number. For those of you who are familiar with snow, as I am, uh, grew up uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, well familiar with snow, uh, one inch of rain, very generally speaking, is about one foot of snow. So... 50 inches of rain, that would be the equivalent of you getting hit in snow areas with 50 feet of snow. That's how bad this is. That's how much moisture is in this storm. And as Desi notes, as scientists note, again, not political. This is just facts and science. Warm water means that more water is evapor evaporated up into the air and into these storms. And that's why we are seeing more and more of these storms being more and more devastating, carrying more and more water uh, and 50 inches of rain. Uh, weather Bell meteorologist uh, Ryan Mao says uh, reliable weather forecasts still show um, uh, taking whatever rain has fallen around Houston so far to date and doubling it over the next four to five days. As bad as it has been up until now, double that. Since Friday, an average of 26 inches of rain has fallen in Harris County. Uh, that's where Houston is located. That much rain, uh, they know, the Weather Channel notes here, would provide drinking water for the entire county of Harris County. It's the third largest county in the nation. Uh, would uh, provide drinking water for the entire county for five years. Yeah. Just what has fallen so far. Of course, Harris County is also home to four million people who would be able to drink for five years based on just that water alone. Uh, so far, the highest reported total as we go to air is a little bit over 30 inches in the Forest Oaks neighborhood of Houston. Uh, tornadoes may be forming, they warn, anywhere from Galveston to uh, just south of New Orleans. Forecasters, by the way, as if all of this isn't terrible enough, are also monitoring another system off the coast of Florida, which is likely to become Tropical Storm Irma uh, by the time you hear this broadcast. 
that has been uh, warned, tropical storm warnings or watches actually have now been posted for portions of South and North Carolina coasts. All that water has to go somewhere. It do. And it will. And it has. And that's what we are in the middle of. And that is, uh, Desiree, as much as you know, you have warned uh, about global warming itself, people have been warning Texas. Scientists have been warning Texas, Harris County and Houston specifically about exactly what we are seeing right now. Again, this is not political. This is not partisan. This is just facts. This is just facts that's going to cost billions of dollars, even setting aside the loss of life, which we have uh, so far. So far, thankfully, that has been low. I don't want to minimize what we know and the loss of any life. But so far in that regard, I think we've been kind of lucky to date. But this thing is only halfway over the costs to uh, property, to business. um <laughs> are right now just unfathomable. Yeah, and they're one of some of the initial estimates that have already been coming out from uh, economists and the insurance industry. You know, obviously this is still an, an ongoing disaster, but they were asked, so they said, well, based on what we've seen so far, we're going to guess that this is going to be at least as bad as Katrina, if not worse. And by the way, Katrina was the worst, uh, most costly natural disaster in U.S. history. Now, before I get into some of these warnings and what Harris County, Houston has been doing or not doing in advance in advance of this storm, when they were warned for years, for decades, frankly, at this point, um, Des, you have a lot of family in Texas. Yes. Uh, I think you mentioned your sister. Yes. Everybody okay there? Have you spoken with everybody down there? Everybody is okay. I've checked in with everyone. They're all okay. My my sister um, lives near one of those flood control channels, and it was touch and go there for um, for a couple of hours. But she says it looks like so far, based on the rain, so far... So far, they're okay, and the rain has not, the, the floodwaters have not quite reached they the house They were right, yet. Yeah, not yet, has not yet reached the house. I yes. saw some of those photos, and uh, they... Are harrowing. The waters <laughs> are rising very quickly yeah. there. So my best to you and your whole family uh, as, as they uh, struggle with this aftermath. down there yeah. specifically. It keeps going. Yeah. It's not done I, yet. I yeah, it's not even an aftermath yet. Yeah. I wish it were. Um, but talking about these warnings, Texas Tribune and ProPublica did a fantastic piece in December of just last year. This is December 2016. A really, really long piece called Boomtown Floodtown, which is uh, I, I just there were a couple of things that just were jaw dropping as I was reading through this article, as I was looking at the fight over the years. Uh, to do something about this this flooding problem in Houston, this known problem that is getting worse. Uh, they had uh, th this uh, article in particular in December of 2016 comes on the heels of two major floods. Nothing, Frankly, they were major, but nothing like what we're looking at now. But two major floods in Houston uh, in tax day of 2016 last year, the tax day flood, they call it. And in 2015, yes, the Memorial Memo Day, yeah, the Memorial Day uh, flood. Uh, so they they've known about this problem and 
They seem to be in denial, at least those who run Harris County. And again, not political. I don't know whether these people are Republican or Democratic or not. I know they have uh, they've had a Democratic mayor there for some time. To me, I couldn't care less. This is about science and about facts. And scientists uh, in this article say that the Harris County Flood Control District, which manages thousands of floodwater evacuating bayous and helps enforce development rules, should focus more on preserving green space and managing growths, is what scientists were saying last year and for many years. The city of Houston must do this as well, they say, and they say everyone should plan for more torrential rainfall because of the changing climate. As a host of cities around the U.S. are uh, and the world are currently trying to do. But county and city officials... Uh, in Harris County and Houston, the county and city officials responsible for addressing flooding largely rejected those arguments. Houston's top two flood control officials say their biggest challenge is not managing the rapid growth, but retrofitting outdated infrastructure. Mind you, Houston, as I said, has seen huge growth, uh, growth of uh, more than a million people moving in over the past uh, each year, over the past decade. Current standards that govern how and where developers and residents can build are mostly sufficient, the county and city officials say, last year. I suspect they're not going to be saying that now. And all the recent monster storms are uh, only freak occurrences. They are not harbingers of global warming or a sign of things to come. The longtime head of the flood control district flat out disagrees with scientific evidence that shows developments, uh, development in Houston as they are uh, changing the, uh, uh, the wetlands into buildings, concrete, cement. So instead of soaking up the water, it now becomes runoff. It has no place to go other than to flood the streets and the houses and the commercial districts. Um, Anyway, uh, that the the longtime head of the flood control district in uh, Harris County uh, disagrees with the scientific evidence that flooding is getting any worse. He says engineering products pro projects can reverse the effects of land development, and he says they are doing so. The guy's name is Mike Talbot. He was interviewed by Texas Tribune and ProPublica last year for this uh, for this article in late August. Uh, before his uh, retirement, he had been uh, serving 18 years heading this powerful agency in Houston. Unfortunately, his successor apparently shares his views as well, or at least did as of last December. The claims, uh, Talbot said, that, quote, these magic sponges out in the prairie would have absorbed all that water is absurd. He was talking about those two recent devastating uh, rain events on uh, tax day and, and the year before in 2015. He also said the flood control district has no plans to study climate change or its impacts on Harris County, the third most populous in the U.S. Of the astonishing frequency of huge floods the city has been getting, he said, I don't think it's the new normal. He also criticized scientists and conservationists for being, quote, anti-development. He says they have an agenda their agenda to protect the environment overrides common sense. Got to wonder if those people fighting for their lives today think that that fight uh, overrides common sense. The concerns about flooding, those uh, photographs of those elderly women in that 
uh, in that, uh, that uh, nursing, nursing home, home near uh, Dickinson, Texas. Yeah, so it was Water. a harrowing photograph of of people in their 80s and 90s in wheelchairs and recliners up to their chests in water awaiting rescue. Sitting rather patiently as the yes. water is rising up to their chest. They, thankfully, all of those women we've seen in that photo were uh, either airlifted rescued. or yes. boat uh, rescued out Even of there. Even the cat in the photo, in case you saw it. <laughs> Good they, to know. Everyone was, uh, was safe and sound. Good to know. But Talbot, the guy who ran the Harris County Flood Control District for 18 years, uh, acknowledged that projects in the works, the ones that are coming, wouldn't even come close to protecting against something like the tax day flood, including retrofitting old drainage, widening bayous, building more ponds to temp- temporarily store flood water. Meanwhile, the city of Houston's own flood czar appointed after that tax day storm. Uh, to assess the flooding problem in the city, he appears more receptive to alternate solutions like more green space. But Stephen Costello, who is an engineer and former city councilman and mayoral, uh, mayoral candidate, has had no budget, no staff or any firm timeline for anything. He expects to hire one paid staffer in the coming weeks. The flood czar of the city of Houston. Nothing. He's got uh, nobody. He uh, uh, he also, by the way, downplayed the human impact of the uh, tax day storm, pointing out that no one drowned in their home, only in flooded underpasses that they drove into and that the resulting flood impacted a relatively small portion of the population. He says as bad as the April tax day flood was. If you look at the number of people affected in Harris County, it's less than one percent of the population. Is the other 99% willing to pay for a much more robust system, he asked? I suspect they are now. At least I'd hope to hell that they are now. You know, we have, uh, I know you have a family in Texas who loves to, some of them love to brag, uh, no income tax, no state income tax in Texas. It's wonderful. Yeah, well, that comes at a price. That comes at, at a cost. Now it's coming uh, at a cost to the people of Houston uh, and uh, to their property and to their lives. Let me take a, a, a quick break here, Des. I know you've got some thoughts. Let me take a quick break. I want to come back to this article because some of it is just absolutely stunning. Got a lot to get to. Lord only knows how much of it we actually will get to on today's broadcast, but we're going to try. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the broadcast. Don't go away. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. And I'm Desi Doyen. You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. CD quality audio, fewer commercials. And all your favorite progressive shows. Like Hartman, Miller, Malloy. And more. And instead of local commercials, you hear great features. Like the Brad Blog's Green News Report. No local radio affiliate? No prob. We're mobile. We are where you are. So while you're visiting bradblog.com. Don't forget to listen to Progressive Voices. And be sure to spread the word. back to the broadcast Brad Friedman from bradblog.com uh, as we are uh, following a whole bunch of stuff going on today in the news we will see how much we are able to get to it as a matter of fact we had hoped uh, to speak with uh, an attorney in uh, in Phoenix 
today uh, about the Joe Arpaio pardon, which is unbelievably, uh, well, controversial and, in my opinion, outrageous uh, on many levels, not the least of which that Donald Trump decided to do this as the Category 4 Hurricane Harvey was barreling into Texas, along with a bunch of other stuff. We will see if we can get to some of that. Uh, Oh, that attorney we had hoped to speak to had to cancel at the last minute, which is perhaps just as well, given uh, the fact that, you know, Texas Tribune, I want to get some more points from this article. Texas Tribune and ProPublica did this article in December 2016. There have been a lot of people warning about what is currently going on in Houston. And I'm trying, I'm working really hard to stay away from politics and to just uh, or at least from partisan politics and stick to just the facts, the science, what we know, what was done, what wasn't done, what has. Uh, and, and I'm not even playing the blame game here, at least not now, at least not for this current crisis. I think by all available reports, people are pulling together right now and uh, doing the best they can in this unprecedented situation. But it's a situation that people have been warning about, warning for a long time. And it kind of drives me crazy that uh, Desi Doyen people like you, uh, <laughs> uh, who have been uh, warning about climate change and the threat to areas like Houston, uh, to those people who who show up at county meetings, those advocates and activists who show up and try to stop this development or block that pipeline or say, hey, don't get rid of that. Uh, that wetlands, the wetlands over there. Over Let's there. have better building codes. Let's ensure that we follow the building codes that we already have. All of those people are dismissed. They're they're leftist, communists, uh, anti-development, pinko, anti-development. As you heard uh, in this December 2016 article, the guy who ran uh, fl- the Harris County uh, flood control for 18 years. He he just dismissed those people who warned about this as oh they're they're anti-development. So there are a reason uh, there are reasons uh, for all of this what they call urban flooding in these areas where federal officials hadn't recons- rec- hadn't considered the areas that are now flooding to actually be floodplains. Yes. They weren't even worried about those parts. That was at best a 500-year flood area. They weren't even thinking about those areas. And as we were talking over the break, uh, Desi Doyen, uh, those areas are the ones where they're building uh, concrete roads, buildings that doesn't absorb the water. And uh, you had a a statistic on the wetlands that they were uh, getting rid of. So the wetlands, um, in case you don't know, wetlands reduce flooding. Wetlands where you are actually filter the water that goes into the ground, the groundwater, that then your municipality pulls back up and puts into your drinking water. Wetlands are crucial for clean drinking water. And they reduce flooding. Half of Houston's wetlands were lost in a building boom during just the last 25 years. And um, unfortunately, it also turns that out that developers in the Houston area have failed to follow the wetlands requirements that were already in place. Um, in, the, in the past two decades, there's been a federal policy in place that if you're going to develop, you can have, quote, no net loss 
in your wetlands area. So if you build an acre development over here, then you have to either put wetlands in that development or you have to buy someplace elsewhere and develop wetlands there so that nearby there is still flood control. And there has been no enforcement of that apparently in the Houston region. Uh, uh, yeah, and I've, I've got some more uh, on that from this uh, Texas Tribune article. Uh, first, let me get to this portion here. Uh, we're talking about these uh, deniers, basically flood deniers, as well as apparently climate change deniers who were running uh, Harris County flood control and uh, for the for the county and for the city of Houston. Um, for one, uh, the the reasons that uh, for all of this development in these areas and that scientists fear local officials are ignoring what's going on is that flood planning is still done by looking at what's happened in the past. Yes. Their uh, climate change, however, means that might not work anymore. Catherine Hayhoe, a climate scientist at Texas Tech, uh, is quoted in the article saying, how do we determine where the 100-year flood zone lies? By looking backwards. She says that does not work so well if the climate is changing. Yeah. Yes. If you end <laughs> up mean, if you end up getting as Texas has seen, you know, they've had multiple 100-year storms in just the last 2 or 3 years. And this is the danger of denying climate change. No matter who you are, no matter what party you are from, if you're denying the science, if you are denying the warnings of people saying, "Yes, this is going to get worse," Then and and you plan on that. You actually have set your building codes up for that and uh, change the character of this uh, area of the country, which is already prone to flooding. And you ignore the fact that these floods are going to get worse because, you know, climate change, it doesn't exist or we'll just mitigate it when it happens. This is what happens. In general, uh, Catherine Hayhoe said climate change takes the risks that people already face and makes them worse. That's particularly true for Houston because it sits so close to the Gulf of Mexico where the waters have been warming as the planet gets hotter. Warm water means more evaporation and more vapor, water vapor in the air. So when a storm comes along, there's more water to pick up and dump on nearby land. Sound familiar? This was the warning back in last year, December of 2016. Hayhoe said the exact same storm that comes along today has more rain associated with it than it would have 50 or 100 years ago. And that's a big part of what happened in Houston on tax day last year, when that was what they were talking about. The, the worst of the storm was in April of, of 2016. That was long before Hurricane Harvey came ashore. Uh, and add to that, as you noted, Des, there, uh, there's far less areas now to absorb that much more rainfall that is coming in. In Harris County alone, uh, research by Texas A&M uh, scientist John Jacobs shows uh, almost 30 percent of freshwater wetlands were lost between 1992 and 2010, which John Jacob calls unconscionable. As wetlands have been lost, the amount of impervious uh, surface in Harris County has increased by 25 percent. That's the cement. Yep. That's the pavement that he's talking about. It's impervious. Therefore, instead of having those floodwaters, at least even some of the floodwaters being absorbed, they basically just slide right past. And in fact, it, it actually accelerates the volume and the velocity of the floodwaters. 
Talbot, uh, again, he's the head of Harris County Flood Control District, or at least was for 18 years. He was about to retire in December of 2016. Don't know if he's already retired. He disagreed, for example, that elevating buildings could be causing others to flood. Because, you know, they would put these buildings in. They would say, well, let's elevate them. That way they won't flood. Not paying attention to the fact that, oh, well, when you build up uh, the hill over here, that makes other areas, that makes the neighbors' houses, That pushes the water elsewhere. So it pushes it downstream to other people. He dismissed what uh, these other scientists, Brody uh, and these other folks we've been uh, quoting here, he dismissed what they had to say about what is causing Houston's flooding problems. And he told the uh, Texas Tribune and ProPublica, he said, quote, you need to find some better experts. Oh, goodness. When he was asked for names, what experts should they talk to, he would only say, well, starting here with me. Not a single scientist or expert of a dozen interviewed by the Texas Tribune and ProPublica for this article shared his views at all. The guy who was running flood control for 18 years. Yeah, he's the guy that was making the rules. He's the guy that was helping to enforce the rules about how to build, where to build, how much flood mitigation you had to include. This is this is what is so infuriating about what you know about climate change, what scientists know about climate change, about what scientists know about the impacts that are going to accelerate, increase and intensify, not just in 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 uh, the actual intensity, but they're also going to increase in frequency. These are they're going to happen more often, um, you know. We're talking about this is the future of weather. And if we're not prepared for weather, right now we have a system that was designed for the last 50 to 100 years of flood control and climate. And now we are not prepared for the next 50 years of flood control and climate at all. Steve Raddick, a longtime Harris County commissioner who represents the Cypress area of Houston, said uh, development regulations have to be economically reasonable. If the rules are too strict, developers will say, quote, fine, to heck with Harris County. We'll go build in Fort Bend. That's the county directly west of Harris County in Texas uh, or wherever else, he said. But in fact, as they point out in this article, Fort Bend County has stricter regulations for developing in the floodplain than does Harris County. And Fort Bend County is growing faster than Harris County. Developers there must incorporate more green space or detention ponds than in Harris County. That's because uh, Fort Bend requires them to hold excess flood water on their property for longer and then discharge it at one-tenth of the rate that is allowable in Harris County. So you can have economic development, apparently. You can grow faster than the boomtown of, of Houston, even with... These additional regulations that, you know, keep people from dying and uh, property from being destroyed in a changing climate. And then, Des, as you had mentioned earlier on the federal level, when it comes to oversight of all of this, uh, this is just an amazing uh, statistic, particularly, by the way, as the as Hurricane Harvey is set to move back out into the Gulf and come back once again for second landfall. That uh, could hit uh, Texas or and or Louisiana and the flood uh, problems they're already dealing with in um, in New Orleans Uh, on the federal level. The Army Corps of Engineers, which regulates development in coastal wetlands, they have 
about 10 people in charge of making sure that those regulations, those rules, the ones that even exist, 10 people to make sure that the rules are followed for all of Texas and Louisiana. Got that? 10 people for all of Texas and all of Louisiana, including the third largest county in the United States. Kimberly Baguette, uh, the uh, chief of the regulatory division at the Army Corps' Galveston uh, district, Galveston, Texas, said, our budget is fixed by Congress and it's been flatlined for three or five years. The uh, ProPublica and uh, Texas Tribune noted at the time in December of last year whether that will change under the new president remains to be seen. <laughs> well, I don't think uh, Donald Trump has increased money funding for policing regulation. In fact, he's done away with uh, at least the uh, regulations themselves in many cases, including the one that was put in place by Barack Obama. Was it last year? Yes. Uh, actually, it was 2015. There was an Obama order that uh, was for the first time requiring some upgrades to the nation's building codes. And that required that any project receiving federal funding of any kind or that might be eligible for the National Flood Insurance Program must be built above the 100-year floodplain average. And uh, Trump revoked that. So that, of it. that means for all infrastructure that's Don't going to be built during the Trump era, for all buildings, all homes, all rebuilding from Houston and Hurricane Harvey, wherever, you know, wherever the devastation is going to be rebuilt, all of that, none of that will require that particular flood mitigation standard. Unless Congress overrides it, unless our Congress comes to their goddamn senses and starts to uh, counter the uh, nonsense that this president is doing. And uh, given this ongoing devastation in Houston, I cannot see how they wouldn't. Then again, I couldn't see how they wouldn't after uh, Hurricane Katrina, after Hurricane uh, Rita, after Hurricane Ike, after Superstorm Sandy, after all of these uh, un unprecedented flooding events, whether it's in Houston, whether it's in Boulder, Colorado, whether it's up in uh, Maine and Vermont, I couldn't see how they wouldn't finally do something to take action to, if not protect against uh, this, this uh, what is happening here, at least to try and mitigate it. No, instead, our president is moving in the other direction. Quick break. And uh, speaking of moving in the other direction and our president, uh, quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about Joe Arpaio and that outrageous and dangerous pardon on Friday as a hurricane was striking millions of Americans by President Trump. We'll take a break and we'll be back with that and maybe more. After this, I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. 
No kidding. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. The wheels are falling off. We have a, a quick update on uh, where we started here today with the report of this uh, North Korean missile or missiles fired over Japan. Uh Desi, you had reported that Steve Herman of VOA News said uh, that... Uh, the initial reports were there were three, three missiles, missiles, but... But, um, according to Reuters now, uh, North Korea fired a missile early on Tuesday from near Pyongyang that flew over Japan, um, according to the South Korean and Japanese government uh, governments. Public broadcaster NHK reported that the missile broke into three pieces and fell into the water off Japan's uh, Hokkaido. So not three missiles, uh, un unlike uh, was reported earlier, three pieces of a single missile. Uh, at least that's the latest report, what that means, why it was done, what the reaction will be. Uh, that we don't know. Tensions had been easing somewhat between North Korea and U.S. after the weeks of threats and after Donald Trump had promised fire and fury against uh, North Korea. Uh, so we're going to have to wait and see what the response, uh, if any, is and what the hell is actually going on here. Um, meanwhile, back here at home, what the hell is actually going on here <laughs> uh, was a guy, an infamous and controversial Maricopa County Sheriff, uh, Maricopa County, Phoenix, Arizona, who served for decades in that role. Um, who violated a federal court order to stop arresting and hassling people for merely looking like they may be undocumented immigrants. That guy who violated a federal court order was found guilty of it, was found in contempt of court for failing to follow that orders and for lying about it. He, had, uh, he hadn't even yet been sentenced much less applied for a pardon to the uh, to the president of the United States through the Department of Justice, through the process that generally takes a number of years. Nonetheless, President Trump, Donald Trump, uh, pardoned former now former Maricopa County Joe Arpaio for this crime. Uh, and he did it as the Hurricane Harvey was barreling into uh, into Houston on Friday, late on Friday, at the same time that uh, just after he had signed this order to restore the uh, ban on transgender people from the military, uh, while the media was otherwise taken by this monster Category 4 storm that was going to and continues today to devastate the city of Houston and uh, nearby areas, Donald Trump decided to issue a pardon to this guy. He uh, tweeted it. He said, I'm pleased to inform you that I have just granted a full pardon to 85-year-old American patriot, Sheriff Joe Arpaio. He kept uh, Arizona safe. Arpaio, for his point, tweeted in return, Thank you, real Donald Trump, for seeing my conviction for what it is, a political witch hunt by holdovers in the Obama Justice Department. Never mind, of course, that uh, it was a federal judge appointed by George W. Bush who made the referral for criminal contempt by the former sheriff. Uh, somehow, uh, Arpaio and his friend Donald Trump are pretending that this is little more than a witch hunt by the Obama Justice Department. 
Speaking at a press conference today in the White House, Trump was asked about that pardon. He said that Arpaio had been treated unbelievably unfairly, he said. He didn't say how. And then he cited other criminals uh, that have been pardoned by recent presidents, though all of those criminals actually served years in jail and had uh, gone, worked through the, uh, the, the pardon process that has been established at the Department of Justice. Some, like Chelsea Manning, actually tried to expose federal crimes rather than commit federal crimes, as Joe Arpaio did. Chelsea also spent, uh, what, about seven years in prison, five or seven years in prison before she was actually granted clemency, not a pardon, but a clemency, which, by the way, Donald Trump could have also granted Joe Arpaio clemency and kept him from having to serve any jail time without actually giving a, a full pardon and sending the message that, yeah, you know what, if you're a sheriff, if you're law enforcement, if you're an immigration official, go ahead, violate the law all you like, ignore the federal courts, ignore the Constitution, ignore law and order and uh, the rule of law in this country. The president has your back. Sherilyn Eiffel of the uh, NAACP Legal Defense Fund, as this was all going on, uh, as this was all breaking on Friday and people were just amazed that the president was doing this at all, much less doing it uh, while a, a hurricane was was barreling into Texas, said with one pardon, Trump demonstrates his support for white supremacy, racism in law enforcement and disrespect for judicial orders. Vanita Gupta, the former DOJ civil rights head, said just another Friday night in Trump land undermined dignity of trans folks. Pardon notorious law enforcement official who broke the law preying on Latinos. Senator Bernie Sanders said by pardoning Sheriff Arpaio, Trump has made again made clear he will use the powers of the presidency to defend racism and discrimination. The thousands of people terrorized and brutalized by Arpaio's illegal actions deserve justice. No one in America should live in fear. Senator Schumer, also Democrat, uh, majority minority leader in the Senate, said as millions of people in Texas and Louisiana are prepping for the hurricane, the president is using the cover of the storm to pardon a man who violated a court's order to stop discriminating against Latinos and ban courageous transgender men and women from serving our nation's armed forces. Then he ran to Camp David, Schumer notes. The only reason to do these things right now is to use the cover of Hurricane Harvey to avoid scrutiny. So sad, so weak, said Schumer. And it wasn't just Democrats. Ileana Ross Leighton on uh, Friday, a Republican congresswoman from Florida, said uh, ban on transgender patriots eager to serve and defend our nation. Pardon for sheriff who specialized in tormenting immigrants. I Dios mio, which means, oh, Lord. Even Paul Ryan, who never speaks up against Donald Trump, even Paul Ryan uh, spoke up, at least through his spokesman, to say in a statement that uh, the speaker does not agree with this decision. Law enforcement officials have a special responsibility to respect the rights of everyone in the United States. We should not allow anyone to believe that responsibility is diminished by this pardon. Well, 
Too late, Mr. Speaker. Uh, responsibility is already diminished. The statement uh, has already, the message has already been sent to law enforcement. Do what you want. Break any laws that you want. The president has your back. He will let you off the hook. John McCain, who represents Arpaio, the senator from Arizona, Republican senator from our Arizona, tweeted, POTUS's pardon of Joe Arpaio, who illegally profiled Latinos, undermines his claim for respect of the rule of law. Thank you for finally speaking up, Senator. John Dean, Richard Nixon's White House counsel, said pardoning Arpaio goes way beyond his being a racist, a bigot, and defying the law. It's an attack on the federal courts enforcing the law. Lawrence Tribe of, How of Harvard, the constitutional law professor, said Arpaio's pardon gives the middle finger to courts and the Constitution and signals total contempt for the rule of law and for human decency. And if you don't know about Arpaio, above and beyond this pardon alone, uh, the Phoenix Times, I would recommend you go uh, check out their Twitter feed, Phoenix New Times. Uh, they have been uh, covering him for years, as they noted in this uh, tweet thread, Twitter thread on Friday. said, we've been covering Joe Arpaio for more than 20 years. Here's a couple of things you should know about him. And each one of these links to a story. He ran a jail that that he described as a concentration camp. This was this outdoor prison. Open tent jail in the Arizona desert in multiple triple digit 100 degree temperatures. Yep. Days after days. 110, 120 degrees. Yes. And in fact, prisoners there died at an alarming rate. The Phoenix New Times notes often without explanation. One of the jailers nearly broke the neck of a paraplegic who had the temerity to ask for a catheter. One time as a publicity stunt, uh, Arpaio marched Latino prisoner, prisoners into a segregated area with electric fencing. And then they uh, go on to a, a couple of specific examples of what went on in his jail uh, and how uh, Arpaio cost Maricopa County tens of millions of dollars in settlements. For example, one of the stories from the Phoenix New Times uh, about how he falsely arrested two journalists at the Phoenix New, uh, New Times because they had the temerity to write about one of Arpaio's real estate transactions. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors had approved a $3.75 million settlement for New Times co-founders uh, whose false arrests in 2007 were orchestrated by Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Michael Lacey and Jim Larkin were taken from their homes in the middle of the night. These are journalists taken from the homes in the middle of the night, jailed on misdemeanor charges, alleging that they had violated the secrecy of a grand jury, which turned out to have never even been convened. Or how about the man who was uh, framed uh, by Arpaio for allegedly trying to murder Arpaio? He spent four years in jail awaiting a trial. Taxpayers spent uh, more than a million dollars that year alone to settle that uh, case, this lawsuit against Arpaio. The suit was brought by a man whom Arpaio had framed in 1999 in a staged murder plot against the sheriff. And if you're not disgusted enough by all of that, uh, Arpaio's office botched 400 sex case, sex crimes cases, many involving children. 
New, the uh, uh, Boston Globe wrote around about this one, said both uh, both of these cases were among more than 400 sex crimes reported to the Maricopa, Maricopa County Sheriff Joe Arpaio's office during a three-year period ending in 2007, including dozens of alleged child molestations that were inadequately investigated and in some instances were not worked at all, according to both current and former police officers familiar with those cases. In El Mirage alone where Opio's office was providing contract police services, officials discovered at least 32 reported child molestations with victims as young as two years old. Where the sheriff's office failed to follow through, even though suspects were known in all but six of those cases. Many of the victims, said a retired El Mirage police official who reviewed the files, were children of, wait for it, illegal immigrants. So, of course, why bother to investigate at all? Uh, this uh, says Martin Reddish, a professor of constitutional law at Northwestern, uh, is uncharted territory, this type of pardon for this type of crime by this particular guy. He says, yes, on its face, the Constitution's pardon power would seem unlimited, and past presidents have used it with varying degrees of wisdom. At times in ways that would seem to clash with the court's ability to render justice, but the Arpaio case is different. The sheriff was convicted of violating constitutional rights in defiance of a court order involving racial profiling. Should the president indicate that he does not think uh, Arpaio should be punished uh, for that, he would be signaling that government agents who violate judicial injunctions are likely to be pardoned, even though their behavior violated constitutional rights when their illegal actions are consistent with presidential policies. So as long as they do what the president likes, it's just fine. He will let you off the hook, even if it's a flagrant violation of the Constitution and even if it is giving a huge middle finger to our federal judiciary. Uncharted waters indeed. All right, we have to get out. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? We'll figure that out tomorrow. Until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, uh, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Though we do thank those of you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate. Uh, to become active uh, supporters any way you can uh, to help us continue to stay on your public airwaves to give the early warnings that are apparently very often ignored. Oh, well, we do what we can. You can drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. <laughs> <laughs>